Well, I want to say thank you to Dan for his study of the Word and what he's presented to us thus far. It's been a blessing. Uh, A lot of what we're going to share is not going to be a lot different. We're just going to kind of hit it from a little different angle, but a lot of the same thoughts and challenges. Um, Julie and I began our journey many years ago and with a conviction that, like most of you, with the conviction you want to follow the Lord, you, you, you want to do what He wants you to do, and you want to honor Him in your, in your marriage. And um, so we started out that way. And uh, Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one. Flesh, and I'll, I'll use the analogy that, uh, that of a team, if you will. We, we, did, we understood that we needed to be a team both as a couple and then as parents. So you're going to kind of hear that theme throughout our brief testimony. And what we're going to do at this point, we're going to tag team. Um, Julie's going to take us back in time a little bit and talk about a time in our life and how we use some of the, some of the principles we implemented to kind of get us through uh, many of these challenging parental years and then beyond. Well, one of the times that um, was very challenging for us um, was back in the summer, uh, late summer of 1999. We bought a home, and it needed some work. And so we, um, it was a lot of cosmetic work inside and out. And so we worked on that, and we moved in uh, about the middle of August, and then Homeschooling began in September, and then our seventh child, Daniel, was born at the beginning of October. Um, (laughs) uh, Our oldest was in sixth grade. Our second was in second grade. We had a first grader. We had three preschoolers, ages four, three, and two, and then our infant. And... uh, (laughs) um, and besides David working full-time, um, he was doing his master's degree, doing uh, um, block classes, in, one in January <clears throat> and one in June, and um, the, had the pre-work, post-work. Um, so life was a little bit pressurized at that point for us, and um, that year proved to be a very difficult one for me, especially. And... Um, uh, but thankfully, we had, we were, had, even before our children, we were in the habit of, um, of operating as a team. And that became extremely important during these pressurized years. Yeah, so kind of the springboard for us, you know, as we go back in that story, going back to that Bloomington home, when we had all of our kids in the home, and they were at these different ages, there were just pressure at every point. And so some of the things we're going to share with you are just some of the things that we did by God's grace that helped us to get through that, nourish our marriage, nourish our relationship, as well as work with and develop and discipline and challenge the family. So uh, did we do everything perfect? I'm going to say no, okay, Uh, but by God's grace, we did attempt to intentionally do some things that helped us. And the first would be, 
we understood, as we've said already, that, that we were a team, but we also understood that Julie wasn't my enemy, and I was not her enemy. And so when we, when we came to those points of disagreement or whatever, we knew we had to tackle it as a team. We, we couldn't um, guard our turf and, and stand strong. We had to do what we felt like the Lord wanted us to do. And that was, that was oftentimes a challenge. Um, the other thing that we worked on was worked on maintaining our friendship. Friendship is so important. It's one thing to say, this is my wife, this is my husband. It's another thing to say, this is my friend, right? So um, all throughout those years, there was never a time that I couldn't sit with Julie and share with her what I was going through, what, you know, and, and vice versa. And we could always, we always, by God's grace, were friends. So. Um, another thing was that we practiced um, open and frank communication. Um, we had that, uh, we were not afraid of um, those kinds of conversations with each other. Uh, and we had the atmosphere of um, if we needed to say something, whatever it was, we just were able to go to the other, and we knew that we had that openness that we could do that. Um, we talked, and to this day we still talk daily. I think our kids would testify to every morning. Um, you know, actually I thought about the time on this at, at that that year, I don't think we had cell phones. So I don't think we did this until probably a, a year later. But um, once we had, David had a cell phone, um, we uh, talk every morning on his way to work. Uh, it has to be, life has to be really crazy for us not to, to talk with each other. It's usually a 20, 25 minutes. But we use that time to connect um, to talk about uh, things that are going on either home-wise, could be work-wise, could be marital, could be, you know, children, whatever. We use that time to connect uh, with each other. And uh, we don't tend to do this now, but for many years, we also talked on his way home <laughs> from work. David, he would call me, get in the car and call me. And uh, it's that intentional reconnecting with each other at the end of the uh, his work day. Um, also, we very much guarded our personal time with the Lord. Um, you know, uh, as close as you are, as good as your relationship is, no matter how well you can communicate, your spouse is, is never going to be able to be God for you. Uh, there will be things that they can't answer, things that they can't do for you, only God can do that for you. And so whether you have children or don't have children, married or not married, um, it's you, you guard that time with the Lord and you, you grow that. And um, he gives you, through that, wisdom and, and a willingness to, uh, to hit those things uh, that you're having trouble with and that are... Uh, a barrier between the two of you. God helps you to, through your walk with him, to, to work on that. 
One of the other things we were tasked with, and I'm sure through a lot of the preaching and teaching that we were under and, and just trying to grow ourselves, is we were committed to trying to listen to each other, to try to hear what the other was saying. Now, I think Julie is a great listener. I am not so much a great listener. So I fumbled and tripped a whole lot because, you know, I'm a fix-it guy. I've got tools, you know, if the car's broken, I'm going to tackle it. If we need to fix a piece of furniture, I can cut a piece of wood. We can glue. I can get this going really quick. So as a result of that, I tend to listen. And, and to the extent I think, oh, I've got it. I know what I need to fix. I will interject that, right, because I'm a fix-it guy. And uh, many times I've learned that I totally missed what she was trying to say to me. Sometimes it's not so much that she wants me to fix something as that she wants me to hear where she is and what she's feeling and what she's experiencing and not so much that, hey, I, I've got the toolbox, let me add it. Though sometimes that might be the case, but, but by and large I've learned over the years that the thing I have to be on guard about because it's not my strong point is to listen, to intentionally Listen, make sure I understand what's going on. So listening is, is an important thing. <clears throat> and then the other thing I would say, as, as we've worked as a team over the years by God's grace, and, is we've worked on the need for change. We're fallen creatures, right? I, I know I need to change, and, and Julie knows she needs to change. And so as we've kind of bumped into things along the way, it's brought the conversation of as what's the root cause of this little bit of contention we got going on here, you know. Maybe it's, maybe it's my part. Maybe I'm being selfish again, you know. Maybe I'm not listening. But I think that the way we've tackled it by God's grace, and not, granted, we've not been perfect in this, but we have identified by God's grace that there is a need for constant change. God wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. And that through tackling or tagging on what Julie said a little earlier about a disciplined walk with the Lord. As we both seek to pursue the Lord in our devotions, we're asking the Lord and finding out that our own weaknesses. And oftentimes in our conversations, we're talking about that. Boy, I, you know, who's convicted this morning in the word because of this or whatever. So those are a couple of additional things that we've done through the years, not only during that time in life, but a lot of these is also true today with our kids, the ages that they are. Um, we also have sought to maintain a check on our attitudes, uh, not letting, David, not letting what, happened at work and me not letting the pressures of what was happening at home with all of the kids. Um, we sought to keep that from affecting how we have answered each other. And um, because you, you know, you get irritated with each other and you, there's no way to even go back and figure out why. And it's really not because it was the other, our mate, it was because we're struggling with whatever at work or whatever at home. And so to, to seek to keep a check on our attitudes and our, um, our tone and why are we speaking this way to each other um, 
we have to go back and remember we are on the same team. We do love each other, and we really do want the same things, uh, but we have to guard against um, our attitude and our words towards each other. Uh, we also placed a priority on seeking alone time as a couple, and Dan very much dealt with this, uh, especially with children. Um, it is so important that they understand that you are the parent and they are the child. And the discipline, um, the uh, obedience training, the sleep training, um, you know, those are things that really do have to be dealt with. Uh, or you have no time for each other. You get to the, to the end of the day, and all you can do is drop in bed. And there, you know, you know there are those nights anyway, but that doesn't have to be an every single night um, thing, and they don't have to be getting up all through the night either. Uh, there's, no, there's no time for each other. Um, if you uh, are not training your children in that way. Um, and it's an all-day training. So, you know, it's, it's, the, the training is constant. But, um, but they do go to bed, and you do have that time together um, to, either, to talk for intimacy or whatever. A couple of other points uh, is you know, that's helped us through the years, especially with children and really all throughout, is being committed to not letting the sun go down on our wrath. There are things that's going to happen that you're going to disagree on. You're going to find yourself on edge with each other. But I don't remember a time that we've gone to sleep without saying whoever's wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> us, <laughs> us saying to the other, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I should not have letting that just get away the way it did, and I apologize. You know, um, so just having that commitment to say, you know, I am not going to let the devil have a victory here. I'm not going to let, as it were, the little foxes spoil the vineyard, because those little sources of even irritation, doesn't have to be anger, but Anger is certainly a part, but then there can be irritations. You can just let those go and go, but it's those little things that kind of spoil the vineyard and put a damper on things. And so those are some things that, you know, we've done and continue to do. Did you do, did you do the other? Did I do We're looking at notes. Yeah, I did. Okay, sorry. Um, another thing is just to... Uh, make sure that you're finding the right time to bring up negative uh, issues that are that are going on, um, guarding how you bring them up, when you bring them up. Um, we've sometimes we even ask permission: Is this an okay time to bring up something? You know, and it just helps to um, be respectful of maybe what they're already, like whatever David is already thinking about, it may not be a good time for him to, for me to, to bring up something. Um, and I think just that consideration, that courtesy is, uh, is just helpful in keeping each of you together on the, on the same team and in, um, 
being willing to hear the negative or the hard things that, that may need to be said. Um, uh, also not, I think Dan uh, discussed this, but just not using time that you would normally be have set aside for intimacy. Don't bring up those negative things like right then because it kind of kills it. <laughs> you know, another time in the morning, you know, after you're fresh and ready to go. So, so, so those, are the, those are a lot of the points that helped us when we had a lot of children that were small in the home. Okay. But a lot of those principles are still true even as our children are older. And we want to kind of segue really quickly. And we have about three minutes, but we'll, this will be pretty quick. Is, you know, as the children get older, what are, what are the things that are a little bit different now for us that we could add to what we've already said? Um, well, Different, yes, but it, it would still be in addition to because all of those same things, we, we still have to practice virtually all of those, not the, so much the training. You wish you could go back sometimes and go, hmm, you know, what could I have done different? Um, but uh, something that has been really hard for me is having to let go of control. And because, I mean, Buddy, I was the drill sergeant mom, I had things, Amen. <laughs> you know, I was uh, very much uh, a disciplinarian. I was the stricter of the two of us. It worked well f for us that way. Um, but uh, as they get older, you have to say, hmm, there is a Holy Spirit. Um, there is a God who can work in their lives. And I'm kind of overemphasizing that part. But... Um, but letting go of the control, it took me a while. I passed the time when I should have let go of that. Um, and through David helping me to see um, and the Holy Spirit, uh, I was have been able to let go of that for the most part. <laughs> um, and also, uh, a way to stay on the same team, you have to not blame the other one and think if you know, if you had done this, if you had done a better job there, maybe this child would not have made this decision, or maybe they would be doing better in this or that. Um, don't do the blame game, because it will not help. It, it won't help the kid do anything different, and it certainly will not help your relationship. Yeah. So a couple of other things is, you know, nourish, you can nourish the, the team, spirit, if you will, and your marriage by continuing to plan together. What is your life like? What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing this week, this month? What are you doing at the end of the year? So that way you're dreaming together. You're thinking through things together. Um, I, I just think that's real important. Um, so, and another thing as we, as kids are older, you think about how to retire and, um, and what I mean by that is, is not retire as in, boy, now I'm on, now I'm done. Work's done. I'm at home. I'm going fishing and hunting and all that, you know, full time. Um, <clears throat> not a bad idea. But anyway, uh, <laughs> retire is putting on a new set of tires. H how are you and I going to spend, how are we going to spend our later years? You know, 
We may need a new set of tires. Think about how you're going to go, okay, by God's grace, if he gives me another 10 years or 20 years, how am I going to spend that for his glory? You know, and so dreaming together, thinking together, it changes a bit as you get older, but, but nonetheless, we are here by God's grace to serve him, to bring glory to him. We got to figure out how to do that, right? And so that's, that kind of concludes what we wanted to share. And uh, we realize some of these things may not be helpful necessarily to you. Some of them may be, but that's kind of been a little bit of our journey. So, Paul. Thank you both for sharing. Dan's going to join Dave and Julie. You guys stay up here because you're going to be answering some questions. Um, but I'll just mention we have a couple engaged couples with us this year. So Stephanie and Kyle, glad you guys were able to come. And then there's an engaged couple from Crystal Lake Baptist Church. But we're grateful you guys came today, and it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Thanks to those who wrote down some questions. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the ones we have time for, and we'll be done by 1230. Um, you guys just answer these however you desire um, in what, whatever way you want. Um, Dan's got to get wired, apparently. So yeah, he's got the complicated one. Julie's got the simple one. But um, I guess we don't need this. I'll pull this away. I'll actually, I'll actually use it. That'll be helpful. All right. So um, for j just a brief word, what word would you give to the couple who's concluded that a lack of desire to be together means they should not have gotten married? So we made a mistake. We're just going to endure this thing. Um, just a word to maybe a couple that sort of reached that level of hopelessness or, or despair. First thing that comes to first thing that comes to my mind is I I don't know that I would agree that it, it was a mistake. I would say you do have to go back and look at you know what did we see at that time in regards to our marital union and what was our trajectory, what was our hope, what was our direction, and rekindle those goals and passions and they're going to center as a believer around our commitment to Jesus Christ if you were saved at that time. And if there's different circumstances, then maybe that changes a bit. But, but as to you being together, I believe there's hope. Um, did I answer the question? Yeah. Dan, do you have anything to add? I, I don't, it was not a mistake. It was a divine appointment. Uh, you are going to remain together by God's grace. You, you have to. Uh, but th there's a sovereign God who could have stopped you at the altar. He didn't. He let you go through with it. And we might do things differently, but that's fantasy land. It, it, we can't do things differently. It was a divine appointment. I think what, what we must say then is I can, I can shift the blame to the choice to marry rather than focusing on how have we been married, how, what have we done in marriage. It's not about the decision. You were pretty fired up about getting married, I would just about guarantee. So God permitted it. Now it's a matter of looking at how have we lived as a married couple because marriage does not thrive because I found the perfect match. It thrives because I'm walking with God. So start walking with God and, and, and be encouraged. As David said, there's hope. 
Julie, go ahead. Just that, you know, God was not surprised by, or he, he's not surprised that you think that it was not what he wanted. Um, and he's always greater. He, he takes us where we are always, and we can go forward. And it is uh, a huge dose of pride to think that God cannot make a wonderful marriage out of any marriage. Thank you. Um, in, Dan, in each of the uh, three um, stages of kids, the potential, the in the home, the after they're gone, all three of those, there was a theme in them of idolatry. Um, just briefly, could you perhaps share, could you guys share just some strategies for fighting idolatry, kind of in a general way, um, knowing that that battle's present throughout our whole married life? Does that make sense? Just how can we fight idolatry regardless of the stage we're in? I, I, I think it's probably the same with children and cars and houses and money in the bank and marriage can be an idolatrous obsession as well. So I, it probably just goes across the board. But um, what is priority in fighting idolatry is to worship the right God. And there is nothing that can substitute for growing in the depths of my relationship with the Lord. I need to keep that fresh, keep repenting of sin, continue to take in God's word and strive to be faithful to it, to be praying that he would help me to see the idolatries of my life and being sensitive to repent and uh, turn to him. That's going to be the, the most significant thing in the battle. Maybe as, as because it's a focus with children, uh, I just have to keep remembering those guys are me. My, my genes are in them. I'm loving them many times because I'm loving me. And, and I, I, I want them to thrive. I want them to go forward because I get a charge out of that. And, and it's, it's me uh, on some level. And I have to fight that selfishness and uh, to, to recognize that they, they need to also relate to God and I need to hold them with a very loose hand. I don't try to control others. Don't you dare get in my kid's way and my kid's success. That's just fighting for myself. Uh, and, and I don't uh, demand of them that they will be this or that because they don't belong to me. They belong to the Lord. I do want to lay out, here's righteousness and you need to follow it, but they're not, I don't want to send the message to them, they're living this life to please me. I don't want them to live this life to please me. And they don't. They're pretty good at that, <laughs> not pleasing me. But my, my question at the end of the day, are you seeking to live to please God? And they, in varying ways, they do and don't. But I, I can't then... It, it's sort of the same thing where we say we don't want procreation overwhelm union in our relationship, the same thing with, our, with God. I don't want my union with Christ to be overwhelmed by my obsession that my kids become this or that. They will fail. They will drop the ball. They won't be what I want them to be as I'm not what I want myself to be. Hold it loosely. Thanks. Um, this is a question, Dave, for you and Julie. Would you be willing to share perhaps the lowest point in your marriage as it relates to communication? So can you think of a really low point in the communication category? 
and how you work through it. And if you can't think of one, that's fine. But any, well, maybe, any, maybe it was this morning when we were trying to do this outline. <laughs> um, <laughs> we think very differently. <laughs> you know, I told Julie, oh my goodness, I told Julie, I said, wow, I said, how are we going to do this? Because I need quiet to kind of think through, and, and she does too, and we're sitting at the computer trying to type this. Of course, we, you know, we've been, we've been piecing it together all week and last night and this morning, and, and I told her, I said, Julie, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough, you know, but I, I wouldn't know that I would, I don't know that I'd say that was the toughest, but it, there have been tougher times, but, you know, by God's grace, I, I just... Julie knows. Yeah, she, no, okay, I, you go I ahead actually, and tell them. I <laughs> I'll shut up. don't. I'm trying to think um, like a period of time. Is that what they're asking? Just um, a low point in your communication, in your relationship relating to communication. A time you went like three days without talking to each other. No. You know, something like that. So. No, we had never done that. Um, I don't know, maybe kind of in that time that I, you know, things, we had to work really hard to, um, to not let all of the pressure get to us, but, um, but we did, um, so I, I don't know, I can't really I, I think. I think a lot of times, even, even there was imperfect communication, but we communicated and we worked through it, yeah. but. Yeah. I, I can share one yeah. that'll help them out. Yeah. <laughs> So you remember one for us? Not, not so hard for me to, no, for us. But I, I share this just so we're human, uh, like everybody else. But I said something once to Beth. She is not easily offended. She's just not. She's got pretty thick skin, and I thank God for that. It makes life a lot easier for me. But I said something to her one night, and she really got offended. And I didn't know what I said. I could not figure out what was wrong with what I said. And, and we, it was so bad, I took her out to eat. <laughs> Done that one time. But she was so offended by what she took as a really fundamental rebuke to who she was in some way. And I, I don't know. And I say this to, to encourage you. We don't know what happened. We can't figure out, she, she, uh, we've kind of forgotten about it, but we went out to eat and it took me the whole night to let her know I loved her. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, maybe there was hormones going on or something, I don't know. For Did you let her supersize? Yeah, oh yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what you said either? She knew what I said, she, and it's been a long time, so we've forgotten the details, but I didn't mean how she took it. So I think we came to the conclusion she took it the wrong way and I was so unskillful and unaware that I didn't realize how what I said could hurt. I think we both were, were challenged that way. But it was so bad we went out for supper. I mean, to talk through it over supper, it was that tough of a deal. And I'm not blaming her. I think we both had our deal and some of it was just pure misunderstanding mm. I know I've certainly said things to offend yeah Julie yeah yeah Let, we got a couple more questions here just um, one but thanks for thanks for sharing that Dan um, advice on how to break so so this is a couple where there's been long-standing deep unhealthy communication patterns 
and just advice on how to start breaking those patterns. Um, anything comes to mind in that regard? I, just a few things come come to mind. They're they're very basic. I, I think a lot of times very simplistically. I th I think that it takes vulnerability and humility and being in the word because it's it's not easy uh, because you know you're going to stumble especially if you've had a long period of time where you've struggled and it's only by God's grace that we any of us are able to communicate and that grace comes from being in his word and trying to follow him and I, I think that maybe there needs to be a season of perhaps praying and fasting and asking the Lord to help. But, and sometimes someone else can come alongside and help. But I think what's, what's important aren't the books we read or the sermons we hear preached or the lessons we hear taught. It is are we walking daily with God and are we submitted to his authority and his word? Because I, I think that's just paramount to being able to respond. I think maybe even on a uh, pragmatic level would be to write something down that you plan to say to, the, to your spouse um, each day. Something that, I mean, it's fairly rote, but if you have a deep issue, uh, there's no secret that there's, the issue is there. And uh, being willing to, to say something to the other one that, that builds them up, even if you have to do it in a robotic kind of way, I think uh, cons con doing that consistently, it begins to move out of the robotic into the emotional and into the desire for the other person. And as if it's really, really deep, then it's going to take a long time to dig out of that. But I do think counseling, of course, helps that also. But I think um, being willing to say something positive to the other one every day, um, something that praises them for some aspect of their life is helpful. Thank you. Anything to add on that, Dan? To say that on this card is the start of growth. To actually write that down and hand this in. I don't know who did it, obviously, but that's the start. You say we have a problem. Second, I'd say there's hope. There is hope. This is not rocket science, and you're not just uniquely a bad combination. There's habits that have been established, but you can grow. And then I would say, third, just make it inch by inch. If there's improvement, you're moving the right direction. It's not so much where you are, it's where's your nose pointed. If your nose is pointed toward, we realize we've spoken many hurtful words, we're going to just start inching progress little by little, moving forward, and I'm going to trust in words and in God's grace and the power of words to begin to speak, as Julie said it, maybe David too, but just to start to speak right words to each other. And then I'll say last thing is that it's really helpful to get somebody in between, to find somebody that, another couple that could just talk to you, hear what's going on, encourage you. There is hope. 
this can be done. Uh, it's not God withholding something from you, but it will take hard work, discipline, faith, trust. It's worth it. Fight it. Go for it. Good, thanks. And then this last question is a quick resource question, but a practical short book on disciplining young children. Dan, I know you um, share such a resource regularly, but short practical books on disciplining young kids. What do I share? What? Well, shepherding a child's heart. It's not particularly yeah, short. Yeah, shepherding, shepherding a child's heart really doesn't say much at all about uh, little children okay. and uh, even physical discipline. There's some notes in there on it, but that's, there's not a lot on that. Um, I don't... I've, I've read some things I just don't even want to tell you I've read because I don't think they're good. I don't think they're helpful. Uh, they're helpful to me because I can ferret stuff out and say this is the good, but I, I don't know. That's, that's, it's sad that I don't know what to say. Your parenting class is not a book, but yeah. really good stuff in that regard. That, that's but, where I deal with it, and I've yeah. begged and borrowed from lots of different people, but I have not read a book that I think mm. is, 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 has that particular narrow mm. point to it. Perhaps the most practical wisdom in that regard is talking to wise, godly parents of young children in the church who you see are disciplining their children well. Yeah, Maybe it might be the best route. I'd even just add to that. I think that the evangelical world utterly un will not touch it. Because there's so much fallout that you would get, so much critique, even from the Christian world, that nobody wants to touch it. Mm. Which is why we touch it here in the way we mm. do with the teaching. But I don't know if I can say, here's a book yeah. on that that sort of answers the question. Good. One other thing on that, um, I, I think what Paul said is, what's the answer? And that's to talk to other godly parents who are in the trenches on it. Putting that kind of thing in a book, as much as I think it's not good because I think we're afraid, but I think on the other hand, it's really not an easy thing to talk about in a book. And it, a book won't answer the, the tough questions that you have. Another Christian couple will. You know, a, a Christian couple can see what you're doing and say, you are not spanking. That child just turns around and looks at you like nothing happened. It, it, that's not a spanking. You're just fluffing up their diaper, you know, that you, <laughs> see, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, another couple can help you with that, a book can't, a book cannot, there's no way a book can objectify and quantify how that should happen and what you're doing or what you're not doing. All right, our time's up, um, but it's been encouraging to gather with all of you today, and um, <laughs> Just would also encourage you that if there's anything at all in your marriage, whether it was touched on today or not, that you desire help working through, please seek help. It can be one of the elders. It can be any member of our church who's godly and mature. But God's given us the church for a reason, and he's not intended, us for, he's not intended for us to go at this alone. So please seek help if needed. And we as a church desire to grow together as married couples as we pursue Christ-likeness in this regard.